13 films Tuesday. We slammed out 13 films at the Phoenix Film Festival. I mean, if we're counting, we also had three bags of popcorn, two concession cheeseburgers, handful of tacos and palomas at Siena Gave, couple of sushi rolls at Umagi, and of course, our flasks. Don't forget my churros. Oh yeah, you and churros, man. <laughs> and the final weekend was just as good as the first. She's Tuesday. I'm Kaylee. And we're covering our favorites from the second half of the festival. This is Whiskey and Popcorn, Phoenix Film Festival Edition, Volume 2. Were you able to narrow it down to just one favorite from the remaining films? Yes, um, I think I have one reigning favorite and then I have a runner up. So for me, it's the one that director Jason Carney recommended. Uh, It's a documentary. It's the Pez Outlaw. (laughs) It follows this wild story of this man from rural Michigan who spent 10 years smuggling Pez dispensers from Eastern Europe into the USA, and he was making millions of dollars doing this. There are some still crazy Pez collectors out there. And it was going well until his, as he puts it, arch nemesis, the Pezident, yes, Pezident, decided to destroy him and his lucrative business, if we can call it that, air quotes for business. But this was a combination of actual interviews with both the Pez outlaw himself, his wife, his children. They talked to, I think he was the marketing manager at Pez during the time, Pez USA. The president wouldn't actually talk to the filmmakers. So they had all these interviews, but then they had a ton of reenactment that they did. And those were just utterly delightful. I laughed so much and I was just gobsmacked by the whole thing. This, again... This niche community, much like last year's set, where you have those people who are really into table setting, these are people really into Pez. I just love finding and hearing about these communities. Yeah, I am right there with you, Kaylee. I thought it was hilarious. Now, Steve Blue, who is your Pez outlaw, so he actually plays himself in all of the reenactments. And I think that's really what the cherry on top of this film is. I've heard in the past when talking with other people about films that there's a lot of people who just say, you know, documentaries are just not my jam. This is absolutely a documentary I would give to people who say that they don't like documentaries. This isn't the usual like hard hitting crime doc. So it ends up coming off really charming and more fun loving. And don't get me wrong, I am always about someone beating the system. Like, if Pez Outlaw could say, fuck the man, he does in this film. And it's so much fun. For me, it's a really fun mixture between set from last year and a documentary we saw a handful of years ago at Sundance called American Animals. It kind of plays off of both films really well. 
in the fact that in Pez Outlaw, you'll have Blue say, oh, there was definitely someone following me from Pez when I was in Eastern Europe. And then it'll cut to the Pez marketing guy and he'll say, that's not at all what happened. We've never had him followed or tracked. So it's really funny because they play off of each other. And that's that's a big key aspect in American animals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So Tuesday, what about for you? What was the film that stood out to you this weekend? Was it also the Pez Outlaw? Or did you have something else that you wanted to share with our good listeners here? Well, I would have to agree that Pez Outlaw was my resounding film of the weekend. But for me, my runner-up was Gimmel and Tim. This is also a documentary. It explores the lives of two men who are living in West Hollywood, and they very much have their own scene. One of them is very into ballroom. The other one has hiking groups and, and friend circles. And for whatever reason, both of them end up going into sex work. and. They both die from meth overdoses in the home of a politico who originally started in Arizona, but moved to California. His name is Ed Buck. It was a huge shockwave through the LGBTQ community. Really, when the news picked it up, it was all about, no, it's these two young Black men who just happened to die in Ed Buck's apartment. It wasn't his fault, etc. And so you're doing a lot of he said, she said. And really, what we do is we follow both sets of friends and family of Tim and Gemmel to really look at what their lives were like. So what we really get to do is look at Gemmel and Tim and their lives through the eyes of their extended and chosen families. We get memories. We get the times that they struggled. We get, uh, we get a nice glimpse into their life. And I will not say that it's an easy watch, but I don't think that every documentary should be. At every turn, all you're doing, thinking in your head is like, how is this guy continuing to get away with this? And you think about it, you're like, oh, well, he's a white politico who has some urges and desires that are out of the norm, but involve hurting and degrading Black men. But they have so many elite people that kind of keep Ed Buck safe. And watching that struggle, it's it's very timely to today and what we know about the struggle in the Black community. And it really painted a beautiful story by seeing into the eyes of their friends and family. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that one was really hard. And the guy was a sexual pervert and deviant and all around evil guy. I would say his proclivities were out of the norm. I'm like, he is psychotic. The fact that he was essentially torturing people to get off. It was brutal, but in a way very loving because of the family members, both the actual and chosen. For our first choices, I am going to be giving the Pez Outlaw five shots. What about you, Tuesday? What are you going to be giving for the Pez Outlaw and then Gimel and Tim? A resounding five shots for Pez Outlaw. And for Gimmel and Tim, I'm doing four and a half shots. I I think I would have matched you on that one. Uh, it was a very well done documentary, if difficult. Sadly, a story in some regards is not new, but still very important to hear. 
I'm pretty sure you and I both have the same runner up, but I want to hear from you. Well, uh, I could not resist picking this film as our last film, literally of the festival, a film from Ireland called Roshi and Frank. It is actually in Irish. And I think this is the first time I've seen a film from Ireland completely in the Irish language. So that was interesting. The story revolves around this older woman. Her son is a grown adult and a doctor, but her husband, his father, passed away unexpectedly. And she's been grieving for two years, just living in this rut of a routine of pretty much lying in bed, doing enough to eat, going to the shops to just get food and going back to bed. And then one day, a dog mysteriously starts following her around. Uh, He's a very dapper looking fellow, kind of this wired haired, tawny dog with these sort of terrier floppy triangle ears. Very cute. At first, she's like, why are you following me? Go away, you mutt, you mongrel. And then she slowly gets to know his personality and then becomes convinced that this is her husband, Frank, who has come back from the dead, but he's in the form and the body of a dog. And for the most part, Frank really sells it. When he storms into their home, he immediately goes to Frank's old favorite chair that no one sits in anymore. He absolutely loves steak and loves to sit at the table with his beloved wife. And for the most part, really sells it. You're starting to think that this really might be Frank reincarnated. Now, not everyone goes for it quite like she does. Her son is a little worried that mom's losing her mind. And of course, we have the neighbor, Doncha, who has quite a crush on Rosha, and Frank is not happy about it. But ultimately, everyone kind of starts to consider Frank to really be the old Frank in dog form, including being a coach to a local boys hurling team. So we're thinking, Rosha's happy again, so can we all just be happy with Frank and his new version? <laughs> It's just the most sweetest, charming film. We're both a sucker for animal movies, particular dog movies. And the dog itself was such a good actor. Or as you might hear in Ireland, he was a mighty fine actor. (laughs) Also, our lead as well. She was fantastic, who played Roshi and then Colin, her son. And then the the little boy, the shy little boy in particular, who is coached by Frank, was just wonderful. I was really swept away by the story. And I don't want to spoil the ending because it's also like very sweet and touching. But it was just a great film to kind of end our whole experience this year. Very much like Jason said, lead him in with something amusing and then depress him in the middle and then send him off with something sweet and cute at the end. I'm like, I think we did that pretty well this year. It's just such a quaint Irish film. I'm the same as you. I don't think I've ever had a full film in Irish and filmed in Ireland. And the characters are so wonderful that you want to believe her. You want this to be the old Frank. You just want her to be happy. 
ultimately it comes off as a beautiful story about grief and how all different people in different walks of life cope differently with grief. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the most beautiful movies about grief I've seen recently. And Ireland is always a beautiful backdrop. So, I mean, I love the movies from Ireland so much. Uh, Phoenix Film Festival has come in clutch for that. Uh, a few years ago, they had another film that I just fell in love with, which was The Drummer and the Keeper, also from Ireland. We had reviewed that. So, yay. I hope they keep bringing films in from Ireland and really all places around the world. We saw some very great films and there were so many. It was it was hard. We couldn't get to all the ones we wanted to see. Hopefully, some of these films will be making broader circuits that we missed so we could go back and see them. But also the ones that we did see, I hope that you all can see as well. Okay, so Tuesday, Roshi and Frank, how many shots? Definitely going to be up there in four and a half as well. Mm -hmm. I'm really torn. I think I'm going to give this one five because it just left me so warm, warm and fuzzy. It was just the perfect film to end with. And speaking of five shots... I promised I would revisit the fabulous Filipino brothers after our second weekend. And based on everything we did see, I also believe that it now deserves five shots. So changing my rating from four and a half, I think it was to five. I was wondering what you were going to do with that. So (laughs) I'm happy. I think it deserved five shots as well. And that is it for this podcast edition of our 2022 Phoenix Film Festival coverage. Of course, we saw many more movies than are mentioned here. You can read our reviews of them on whiskeyandpopcorn.org. And summer is on its way, which means movie blockbusters. We'll be keeping you abreast of the must-see films this season. And coming soon is our host, Haley's interview with Mark Wahlberg, where they discuss his newest film, Father Stew. And a sneak peek, I highly recommend that movie. Make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. She's Kaylee, and I'm Tuesday. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the movies.